welcome you back to another episode of Inside Boxing Live. It's your favorite boxing podcast. I'm Dan Canobio. He is the former 140-pound champion, Chris Algieri, on a Thanksgiving week. The kid loves to cook. He loves to sit and lay. Combine those together. What a day. Chris Algieri, how are you? Wow, this guy's a poet now, too. Yes. Mr. Dan Canova, good with numbers, but also a bit of a wordsmith. Thank you. A bit of a wordsmith. You looking forward to Thanksgiving? I am. It's my favorite holiday. So, And we've got big boxing on the weekend, which is such a good idea. Such a good idea. Such a good idea. Well, the like, NFL's got Friday football now. They got Black Friday football. So boxing, you know, Saturday night, everyone's home. You might as well put together a pretty good pay-per-view. One of the best pay-per-views of the year in terms of uh, top to bottom, I think. You, when you have guys like Lipinets and Michelle Rivera fighting on the free portion, I think on the Showtime YouTube page, um, that's pretty damn good. That's the biggest fight of the weekend. It's David Benavides versus Demetrius Andrade. We're going to preview that. We're also going to preview Chantel Cameron versus Katie Taylor, too. That's a little appetizer, you know what I mean, on Saturday beforehand. Um, we'll also talk about what went wrong with Shakur Stevenson. The dude is in a, in a Twitter storm. He's tweeting at me. He's deleting tweets. He needs to get off Twitter and focus on throwing power punches. He's going through it. He's going <laughs> through it right now. I was <laughs> like, dude, right what now. are you doing? Why are you responding to this, man? We'll get into that and much more. Um, let's start there. We might as well start with Shakur Thursday night. Fighting Edwin De Los Santos, we were all geared up for it. This is a pro Shakur Stevenson podcast. We are very supportive of the guy. He's been on the show. I, I enjoy him very much. I, I defend him on those Twitter streets all the time. But there's it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be tougher to defend him after that performance. Uh, I don't know if it was a bad shoulder, a bad hand. I don't know if it was Edwin De Los Santos uh, explosivity. I don't know if it was all of those combined into one. What did you make of the fight? What went wrong for Shakur? Can he bounce back from this? Is it as debilitating as people are making it out to seem, or is that just kind of Twitter fingers going wild after a, a, a kid that talks a lot of trash has a has a bad moment? Listen, it, it, all those different reasons, it's all of them. It, it, it's it's all of the above in terms of potentially being hurt. Uh, Data Santos, I watched the fight again this morning, and right away I'm like, man, this guy's dangerous. He is... A southpaw as well. He's very, very quick, very explosive, physically strong. And especially early on, he was looking very dangerous. And yeah, I mean, everyone's coming down on Shakur because listen, the fight sucked. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and say that the fight sucked. Might have been the but worst takes... championship fight of all time. Yeah, it's terrible. It was a really bad fight. Um We've seen bad it, fights, it, it, but not like up to this caliber. No. And not with guys that are this good. Right. They're both really good. And it was a title fight. It was 12 rounds, so it was an extra two rounds of of, of bore. But, um, yeah, listen, it, everyone's throwing Shakur over the coals right now, right? And a lot of it, I think, is because a lot of people, myself included, were so high on him. And I, this has happened to me before. I've been super, super high on somebody and just get let down. It's just, it's just you know, you, you, put up, you put too much into them. Um, but, they, you know, they're human and they have bad days. And I'd look at it like that. I'm taking this as a bad night for Shakur. I do not think it affects what uh, what he is. Definitely doesn't affect who I think he is. I still think he's going to be, is the man. Um, in the day, though, who's going to beat him? Yeah, it's not going to be exciting. But like all these guys who are now jumping and saying like, oh, this, this bum, this, this bum, that. Stop. The guy's on a bum. He's super skilled. Um, it, it's just going to be another reason for guys to be able to avoid him. Because uh, listen, Dale Santos didn't beat him. It wasn't close. I don't care what those scorecards. I mean, the scorecards weren't that close, but they were they were too close for what actually happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's it, I think I think this is one of those things in the rear view down the line. People aren't going to care as much. Kind of like the Nakatila fight. I don't know. They were they were killing him. They were killing him on that one too. And it was that was a poor performance. I, I was there for that fight. That fight sucked too. But since then, he's been putting on a great string of fights. I think that's what he needs to do. He needs to get back in there and. and and uh, and get to work and, and and perform the way he has been lately, and, and put this in the rear view. I think he can win fights like this, but my my fear is that he can he kind of has this in his back pocket, right? This type of performance, I, I don't want it to become an instinct for Shakur Stevenson. I don't want it to become uh, if he's in there with a tricky fighter or he's in there with an explosive fighter, he can pull out a performance like this where he stinks it up in there, where he's not looking to engage, where he can fight with one hand. Does we'll get his hand raised. Like he can do this until he's 40 years old and he's 50 and 0 getting his hand raised. But the biggest thing, Chris, is what I tweeted uh, after the fight is his big earning potential. 
is going to take a hit, and I think it has taken a hit. This was a huge, Certainly. huge um, platform for him. This is a vacant 135-pound title fight on Thursday night on regular ESPN, uh, a main event made for him in a, in a fight where Lomachenko turned it down, in a fight where Frank Martin turned it down, in a fight where Devin Haney was rumored uh, with their whole beef. He goes at all these guys, and he's very, very outspoken. I have no problem with that because that's a way – that's how you get – uh, your name out there in the boxing world, but to especially do all if that, you're not a puncher, right? Especially if you're not a puncher, you do all that, and you turn in that type of performance. It's not good for your brand. It's not good for your earning potential. If he wants to be pound for pound face of boxing, hundred million dollar boxer, it's not going to happen with that type of style. That's why I think no. he needs to change his style up a tiny bit. I'm not saying become a gaudy or become a ward, become a brawler. He has to just f- figure out ways to stand his ground a little more. Not be afraid to get hit. Stand and trade in pockets, which he's done before. He did it against Herring, but Herring wasn't a big puncher. Did it against Valdez. Valdez isn't in, isn't was he, wasn't what he used to uh, be before he fought um, Valdez in that fight. He, Valdez wasn't the same Valdez, so he wasn't worried about what was coming back. Dilo Santos is a tough, big, hard puncher. So I think Stevenson had some moments of trepidation. He has to figure out how to stand and trade in spots to create more entertaining fights. So people will actually want to buy them because right now you put him on pay-per-view. His brand is very low. He can do this all day. He can be, he can get his hand raised all day outboxing a lot of the, the fighters that are out there. I just don't think he's going to reach what he wants to reach. And that is like, you know, the face of boxing. A lot of times, and we've seen this in the, in the sport many times, a bad performance can actually be a good thing because then you get fights with guys. It happened to Ridges Progre. He had a bad night with Zorillo. Now he's fighting Devin Haney. Like it, it, that works out. That is not going to work this time. This is going to be the opposite because Shakur is still a super dangerous guy and really difficult guy to beat. And like you said, he can win. He can win all these fights just like that and stink it out. But in order to be a breakout star, which is everyone was looking at him like he's under the microscope. That picture with Floyd and and, uh, Ward and Crawford, that was crazy. What do you think about that? Because I'm usually not one to buy into that stuff and be like, that's not going to affect a fighter. It's all about boxing's different. It's about marketing. These things are important. And when I, I tweeted out when I first saw it, this is one of the coldest pictures ever, 143 and 0. These are the greatest. And he's got he's all in his camp. Then he comes out and does a, and, and performs like that. Was there a lot of pressure on him? I feel like he felt like an extra amount of pressure while being hurt. Just like a really bad recipe for Shakur. Well, well, welcome to the sport of boxing there, bud. I mean, I, I don't think it is, because, but the pressure's been on him for a long time. I think it always has. And the, guy, the guy's Olympian. Like, he, he's used to pressure. I don't think it's pressure. I, I, there, was, there was a very telling interview that he did where he said, eh, if, if I'm not feeling good when I'm in there, I'm just going to make sure I box and get the win. And I think that was really indicative of, of exactly the mindset that he had. Psychologically, he wasn't there for a tough fight. He wasn't there to dog it out. He wasn't there to make a statement. He was there to get the win and look good tomorrow. And that's going to hurt him like you said because this was for him that was an epic failure of a show for top rank navarrete is supposed to beat Sal. shakur is supposed to dazzle us and then they're supposed to fight each other next now navarrete has a has a, a very good fight with Sal. We'll, we'll, i don't know if we're really going to talk about that today but very very good fight Sal fought his fought his ass off um and ends up getting a draw which i didn't think he should have i think navarrete should have won the fight uh so now those guys are in limbo Shakur is now in limbo yeah. because what are people thinking? Who, what's going to go next? Like I said, those top guys aren't going to fight him. They can make naps. They, they, they're already starting. They, they're already starting the line. He's a bum. He doesn't deserve. He doesn't deserve to fight me. Um, and and with De Los Santos, he's going to have trouble getting fights because he looks well, dangerous as hell. He needs but to also, thank Stevenson. Also stunk it out. He needs but, to thank Stevenson because no one is talking about how how awful he was. I mean, this guy landed the least amount of punches ever in a 12-round title fight in the history of CompuBox, co- closing out on 40 years of tracking fights. He landed four, uh, 40 punches. 40! 40 punches. And it's even more insane is that Stevenson only landed 19 power shots. Like, I, I just don't understand how this happened. Like, like no one was talking about this fight being like a dud heading in. No, like afterwards, there's a lot of revisionist history. It's like, oh, well, Stevenson was a, a southpaw. He was in between styles. Obviously, St- Stevenson, um, excuse me, Santos, Dilo Santos is a southpaw. He's in between styles. Shakur uh, has never been a guy to be the lead in, in a fight. This is going to be a st- People were saying that after the fact. No one was saying that before. Beforehand, we were saying this is going to be an awesome fight. This Dilo Santos has a ton of power, uh, can box too. Stevenson going for a title on ESPN. We thought this was going to be an awesome fight, but it turned into a terrible fight because Shakur 
Ford was not willing to stand and trade there. Do you think he has to do that? Like, I know it's his DNA to kind of retreat like that and kind of not get hit, but I haven't seen someone like him in a long time kind of really, I wouldn't say run, but really avoid any type of confrontation inside the ring in terms of, of uh, combinations or flurries or those types of moments inside the ring. Listen, I don't think he has to trade. I don't think that's 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 definitely not in his mem- in his makeup. I, I don't think he's he's best served that way. But there were opportunities for him to be offensive. There were opportunities for him to counter. There were times where De Los Santos, who's very, very, very explosive, right? He covers that distance. He came in with those double jabs. But there were times he was off balance and falling forward. And the left hand was there. And Shakur did just not pull the trigger. And now it comes out later. Maybe his shoulder's injured. Maybe his hand's injured. I watched it again today because I needed to get out of the headspace of in the moment, watching a fight of Shakur. And a lot of different things came to light when I watched it again today. One was, again, how bad De De Los Santos was, like you said. Everyone's only coming down on Shakur. It takes two to make a terrible fight. You can't, that no one can, no one person can make a fight that bad. So it was both guys. But also, how many opportunities Shakur had strategically and technically to fire that left hand with bad intentions and do damage. And he didn't do it. So he does not say that he had an injury. He's not he's not trying to disclose that in any way. But I mean, it's hard to 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 think anything different when you watch it. He says, I'm not going to make excuses, but I respect that. But but you made it. He's making it. When you say that line, you are making excuses. You are you are elaborating that you are you have injuries. Like it's pretty clear that he was not 100 percent coming into this fight. Should he have fought then? You know, on a stage this big, uh, in, a, in a moment that was made for you to become a 135-pound, easily one of the most important fights of his career. You know, he's now jumping up to 135. There's guys, you know, circling in the water, uh, wanting a piece of him, whether it's Haney, Tank, um, whether it's uh, Ryan Garcia, whether it's Tiafimo Lopez. Do you think he should have maybe sat out the fight if he was going to damage his brand that much? Guys, again, I'm saying I'm going to repeat it. Welcome to boxing, bud. We all fight hurt. <laughs> it happens. Hurt, I'm, I'm a guy with a ton hurt hands throughout my career, especially early on, but even late in my career. You, 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 you fight. It's a, it's a boxing match. Yeah, you, you go out there, but it's still a fight. And he chose to make it a boxing match, probably because the guy was so dangerous and he was injured. He was like, I, I think that he, De Los Santos was a lot more explosive and physically strong than, than Shakur had anticipated. Shakur also came in 133 and a half pounds. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't like that. I saw that. I was like, I don't like that. This is 135 and you're fighting a big, 35 pounder who can actually punch um so yeah i don't i don't know what needs to be done in the gym he did say he felt like he was overtrained spent too much time in the gym which i've been there as well uh it sucks but i think he was just saying all right listen i'm gonna beat this guy no matter what let me get let me get let me get out there and do what i gotta do but man we've all dealt with this andre ward fought the finals of the super six series with a broken hand won the fight against carl frotch yeah like that's he threw, a bad he threw dude. punches though. Look, it was clear that Shakur didn't want to throw any punches. I don't know, man. It's a it's a tough thing. I really wish it didn't happen. I really wish he looked great. I wish we were right now we're talking about uh, you know, Shakur and, and Tank and Shakur going into bigger fights at 135, whether it's against Navarrete or not. It's an unfortunate setback, but you can now are seeing a lot of people hop on. Um, hop off the bandwagon, I should say. It's because that Shakur, he said it himself, like, I talked a lot of shit in the lead-up to this fight. I kind of have to take my medicine. I like that from him. I also like afterwards that he said, you know what, bad performance. I I want to apologize. He didn't, like, try to sugarcoat it. He just said it was a bad performance, and I know I'm going to have to deal with it. What I wish... Uh, I wish he would get off Twitter. Yes, I mean, like I wish he, he wouldn't have to respond to everyone. You know, he's going back. He's going back and forth with Ryan Garcia. Uh, you know, Ryan Garcia said I fell asleep during the fight. You know, Shakur is like, dude, on my bad nights, I I win. On your bad nights, you you don't get up from a body shot. Ryan bounces back and says, "We broke records. You broke the record of least punches ever landed in a twelve round fight and made not even ten percent of what we made." Quiet your mouth, kid. So he is getting it from all angles right now, and it's to be expected. Or I mean, you yep. talk that much trash, and you're that arrogant in the lead-up, and you have Floyd, and you have Ward, you have Crawford, you have people like us telling you you're going to be pound-for-pound pound number one in, in a few years, and then you put out one of the worst fights in the, in the history of, of uh, world title fights. You're going to have to deal with the repercussions. That's just the way it goes in this, in this game. Yeah, he, you, you mentioned how he you know came out and said bad performance. He didn't do the Floyd Mayweather, which Floyd, no matter what, he he was almost delusional in his delivery. 
He's like, oh no, it was, it was great. I won a bit easily. That yeah. guy, you know, he's a very good fighter. <laughs> like he didn't, he didn't he's do got the a Floyd, conscience, but, uh, Shakur. Yeah, yeah, which will, will hurt him in this in this business. Um, yeah, man, it, it's 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 a shame. And, the, and like you said, the kid's gonna be eating a eating a lot of crow. And uh, just but log Twitter's off. not a good Twitter's not a good space to be, man. I, I, listen, off. no matter how good my fights were, I hated going to Twitter afterwards because it's it's. I can't imagine what it's like, and nah, I, and you know I got to put my opinions out there. It's what I do, and I said you know he's got to stand and trade a little bit more. He's got to fix up you know some things, aspects of his game to make it more entertaining, or he'll still win. But you know eventually he's just he's just not going to be a marquee name that everyone wants to see. He's not going to make top dollar, and uh, and you know that sucks because I really like Shakur, but you got to keep it real. Or Ryan, what did you say in the in the group chat that that uh? I, I think it was a good point. Uh, I said a lot of things. Something about how um, <laughs> never in your all your years of following boxing. Oh, all never, two in, years. In all of my uh, expertise of boxing, never have I seen so many people turn on a guy <laughs> after one fight. So I mean, I mean, I, I don't. I'm just now into boxing, but everyone just was like, "Oh, he sucks now," or like. That was so yep. bad. I don't want to watch him. It's almost like the end of him. It's yeah. not. No, I, it's I, not. I, let's make that very clear. It's not the end. But right, Chris, you you were in a ring before. You are yeah. bit, you are judged off. Of, how many fights did you have in your career? Uh, twenty nine. Twenty nine fights. You know, Floyd has fifty. Uh, if you're if you're Pacquiao, you're Canelo, you're you're looking at 60, 70. I would say most guys sit somewhere between thirty and forty, right? So that's forty singular nights, singular performances that you have to be tip top, the best you can possibly be, or people are going to remember them. It's a wild sport where one day you're on top, the next day you're you're like you know searching your name on Twitter and you're finding everyone taking shots at you. It's crazy. No, it's it's an unfortunate aspect of the sport, and it's just it's just what it is. It's be, it's because of how the sport is contested nowadays in, in the, the modern era. You're not getting guys who are fighting eight, nine, ten times a year because that's what so they mean. did back in the '40s. Now you're fighting twice a year, sometimes once a year. So everyone remembers you're only as good as your last performance. Like we have all these cliches that we talk about in boxing, but it sticks, man. It, it, there's a reason that the cliche is there, and and unfortunately Shakur is going to have to eat this one until he steps back in the ring and puts on a, 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 a performance worthy. Of what his skill set and and potential is. So what does he do next? What does Shakur do next? Does he fight an Everette? Does he look for a uh, mandatory at, with his new belt at 135? I don't think he'll get any of those big names yet because that just doesn't make sense commercially. What does he do next? I do think he can come out and look explosive in his next fight because he's done it in the past. Uh, so what does Shakur do next? I think the Navarrete is the easiest, biggest name possible. And he's he's got the Mexican fan base already built in. Yes, he's coming off a draw to a guy that he already beat, which he said, which hurt, which I was like, oh, don't say that because that's a good fight for you if you can get it. I don't think, listen, commercially, nothing he's going to do next is going to be big because he's not going to get the big guys. If he was going to fight Haney, if he was going to fight um, Davis, yeah, those would be commercially big. But anything less than that, and no one's going to tune in commercially. He just needs to get this fight in the rear view. He needs to get out there, get a win. A guy like Navarrete is a big enough name. Uh, he be coming, he'll be coming up in weight. He's a much smaller guy. And I, th I think it's an easy win. I think it's an easy fight for Shakur. And if he does it against a guy with the name recognition of a Navarrete and a guy who is normally very, very uh, fun to watch, I, I think that you know people aren't going to forgive this, but it'll be easier to forget. Forgive, never forget. Remember that, everybody. Um, maybe names like uh, Navarrete has has still has to go up to one thirty five. So there's a there's a yeah. hurdle across there. He should be rematching Kinsaysa. And it's funny because the way that Navarrete fights, he's kind of like a brawler, and you don't expect like I don't know what you expect from a Navarrete fight. What you expect is what you saw on Thursday night, like that type of fight. So it's like way you kind of grade him on uh, on less uh, of a of a curve than you do with Shakur. So I think that everyone was very satisfied with how that fight played out in terms of entertainment wise. Uh, Navarrete. Yeah. I didn't, I don't see anyone being like Navarrete is trash. They were just like, Oh, fun fight. Maybe he'll fight again. Maybe he'll fight Shakur. They just look at him differently. You don't grade him as high or have as, as high expectations as they well, do. Nobody's for putting Navarrete on a pound for pound list. That's what I mean. You know, That's Sh why Sh Shakur is in, in a completely different class of fighter and he's going to have different kind of scrutiny. He's under a different microscope. Right. Um, what about like a, a Lomachenko? I think is going to be fighting Camposos because, um, that makes sense. Oscar was tweeting like a madman this weekend. One of his many tweets was William Zapata versus Cambosos. What do you think? And Cambosos replied and was like, Oscar, I love you. I love Zapata, but I got a mega fight lined up for uh, a world title, a vacant belt. I think one of the vacant belts that's going to become ne available next is the IBF one. Uh, and that's going to be Cambosos Lomachenko. I can see Shakur circling that one because those are both winnable fights. If the Navarrete fight doesn't uh, produce or if. 
uh, he can't find it mandatory at 135. Wouldn't be opposed uh, to that. I just think lay low for a while, get healthy, come back, get a stoppage, and then everyone will, will forget. Or, or they won't forget fully, but it will definitely help. Maybe be, he humbled them, I think. It could be a learning experience. It's crazy. It came at the worst possible time. Um, but that's the deal with, with uh, Shakur. Did you catch in the, the midst of all this, Fury Usyk had their press conference? Yeah. Did you yeah. watch it or catch any clips of it? I didn't know. I'm Dude, sure it was, I uh, think Fury, not... I think Usyk is in the in deeply in the head of, of Fury. Fury was. I, I was so thinking loud. that as well, even before this. Yeah, Fury was so aggressive from the start, calling him every name under the under the sun more than ever. I I think that he, Fury realizes that Usyk um, is a, is a damn good boxer. Is going to bring his A game. Is not going to sit down, and also is not going to get rattled by any of the ridiculous things that Fury's going to try to say. I think watching that press conference, and I'm not usually one for like you know to figure out the the psychology of it all, but it looked like Fury was rattled, and it looked like no matter what he said, Usyk was just going to be like laugh it off and be like that's not deterring me at all. Well, Usyk is is he's he quietly gets in everybody's head. Like he's he's I mean maybe not even quietly. I mean it's pretty known for he he, he acts like a crazy person. He makes those crazy faces, staring at yeah. things. Anthony, I'm coming for you. Like you can't remember that was a couple years ago. That wasn't right. that long ago. Like he's he's very good at the mind games too, and he seems to be completely bulletproof when it comes to anything coming back from him. And Fury's in a bad spot. Fury's coming off a, a, a terrible, a terrible fight against Francis Ngannou, a guy who's never had a boxing match before. So he doesn't have the same juice he had in the confidence. He's rattled too. Talk about humble. He's been eating, he's going to be eating humble pie until that fight happens. So mentally, he's in a different space than uh, to deal with Usyk. And Usyk is another guy who mentally is very, very strong, especially leading up to a fight. So I think we're going to see a lot of the mental strategies and the mental gymnastics between these two, um, the mental warfare between these two leading up to the fight. But listen, I'm all for it. Grab the popcorn. February 17th, Saudi Arabia. We're going to get Fury Usyk undisputed. He'll be undisputed right until the, the last bell as the, the IBF will come in and strip one of their fighters because that's what they like to do. You that's talked about humble pie in there, Chris. Uh, you're going to be making some pie this week, and if you do so, you should use HelloFresh. The holidays are right around the corner, and HelloFresh can help take the stress out of dinner by delivering everything you need to cook up tasty meals right to your door, serving you tons of time. The holiday season's hectic. I know uh, Chris does a lot of shopping, does a lot of the wrapping in the household. Um, HelloFresh 15-minute meals, those come in handy. These are quick fixes to help you get a wholesome meal on the table in less than a time uh, that it takes to get delivery. Everyone wants to cut back on errands. They want to spend time. No one wants to spend time in checkout lines this year. So skip that extra grocery trip and instead get fresh ingredients, delicious recipes with HelloFresh. You can pick your meals, delivery date. You just sit back, comes to your door. Uh, we use it. Uh, it's amazing. I'm on the go. Chris is on the go. The guy's flying all over the freaking world. Uh, so when he gets home and there's uh, uh, fresh ingredients waiting, at least I can say it for me too when I'm traveling, it's awesome. The most wonderful time of the year is also the most delicious. Enjoy every bite of the holiday season. 45 weekly recipes, 100 curated picks from HelloFresh. Um, one of the best deals we got here is using our code BOXINGFREE. That's BOXINGFREE for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash BoxingFree using code BoxingFree. Start using America's number one meal kit today, Chris. The old saying is there's no free lunch, but listen, with HelloFresh <laughs> and our deal, there's free breakfast. Love that. So get involved with that. Another uh, heavyweight um, press conference. This one was insane. This was the big one. This big... Day of Reckoning, December 23rd. All these faces and names on the stage. The first time that Eddie Hearn meets Frank Warren, which is kind of embarrassing. That's the first time they're ever meeting. Uh, the first time Joshua and Wilder, I think, were in the same room shaking hands. You had Jarrell Miller on the stage chirping at Anthony Joshua. You had Otto Valin up there. You had everyone. It was an unbelievable sight. December 23rd, a Day of Reckoning. Uh, that's what they're calling it in Saudi Arabia. Deontay Wilder versus Joseph Parker. Anthony Joshua versus Otto Valin. Uh, you got Bivol on the card. You got uh, all sorts of heavyweights. Uh, Hergovic on the card. It's it's going to be an extravaganza. I have mixed feelings on it because I feel like the only reason this is coming together is because of Saudi Arabia. But we also have to just get used to it because I don't think they're going anywhere. The biggest fights are going to be made because of Saudi Arabia. So you're going to have to deal with that. It was a freaking sight. That, that day, us that day, was unreal. I think I said it last show. I was like, this is a card full of guys that I like not fighting any of the guys I want them to. 
which is fine. I'm still going to tune in because I like every single guy that's on the card. Um, listen, you want to talk about getting in somebody's head? Anthony Joshua looked buzzed. You think so? He, oh, hell yeah. He, I was trying he, to figure uh, that out too. I was trying to give yeah. him the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know, like everyone is always, I said this for the longest time, everyone's always trying to figure him out. What did you see from, mm-hmm. from Joshua? He just looked very uncomfortable when they were in, when he was in front of Otto Valin. Like Valin was just I don't know what they were saying, but Valin is not, you know he's a very nice guy, and I, I can't imagine him being a vicious trash talker. But he was saying <laughs> something. But Anthony looked perturbed, and I don't know if it was because of the stuff from Jarrell, because Jarrell's a really good trash talker, and he he can get under under your skin. I he's done, he's gotten he under Anthony's skin many times. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely saw something in Joshua on that day on that day. Well, what about Wilder? Wilder finally has a moment to say something to Joshua and Wilder goes the complete opposite route than I thought he would. It was being like, oh man, I got nothing but love for you. You know, if we don't even fight, I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, you're a good fighter. You're a good guy. I wish you nothing but the best. I wish you nothing but the best. And they're showing Joshua and he doesn't say a word. He doesn't even blink. A lot of people yeah. were reading into that as, oh, uh, Joshua's scared. He's frightened by Wilder. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I would, say, I would I would say the the other way around on that one. I would say I, I would say Wilder. I don't like I don't like that from Wilder. I like I like Bomb Squad. Oh, I'm gonna bro. knock everybody out. That's I want that guy back. Wilder's got I too much like money that. now, man. I don't like the nice Wilder. I want him to go out there, humble and, and Wilder, the, the destroyer of worlds. Because that was something that worried me about Wilder because the losses to Fury were so bad. And when you're a guy like him. And he's got that touch of doom in that right hand. And you're super confident. And you go out there and you drop a guy four or five times in the the three fights that they fight. And he gets up. You know, that breaks your spirit in a way. And I was really worried about that with with Wilder. And listen, the the comeback fight where he knocked out Hellenius, he's a sparring partner. He knew he was knocking him out. That's why he did it so fast. So I don't even count that as a fight. So this guy really hasn't fought in two years. And And the last time he did, he was getting beat up by Tyson Fury. So... In terms of where he's at in at headspace, is really going to see what what's left in the tank for for Wilder. Because if he can't go dig dig back into Bomb Squad, I don't think he's going to beat even guys, you know, th- these lower level guys. We'll see. So, Parker is not a walk in the park. No, like not at all. Right he's a very durable guy. He's a world class guy. He's physically strong. He's big. Uh, listen, if his head's not right, he can lose to 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 a Parker. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he's. I'm happy he's made a lot of money. I think he's been humbled by Fury, and I also think he's made so much money that he's just got a different mindset. It's cool. It's fine. Oh. But you're like you're right. It's not the it's not the Wilder that we remember. It could all change when if if Wilder knocks out Parker and Joshua gets past Valine, which is not an easy easy task by any means. But they're going to be favorites. Then things will ramp up because we're from everything I'm reading and seeing and hearing from her and, and everyone is that um, that fight's definitely happening next year in Saudi Arabia, Joshua versus Wilder. Then maybe we'll see a different Wilder. You know, maybe he'll ramp it up because he said, listen, I'm not fighting him. Like, I have nothing to really say. I'm fighting Joseph Parker. I'm not fighting Anthony Joshua. Tell that, tell that to Jerome Miller. <laughs> He's not fighting. Oh, Jerome Miller was just so thrilled time. to be up on that stage. <laughs> like, holy shit, I failed 15 drug tests. I can't believe they put me on this stage and I, I'm actually allowed to be up here. Uh, it was a boring presser considering all those names until Miller kind of got up there and stirred the pot a little bit. I don't know, man. Something about him being up there pissed me off, but so that's boxing. Um, so that's what's going on December 23rd. I'm going to end out the year with that. And then in a way on December 26th, anything else uh, this weekend, you already saw Pacheco before we get into our fight previews. Um, what did you think of that performance? That was, I thought every contender should go through a storm like that. Uh, makes you stronger, makes you beggar better. And uh, he went out there and won. Yeah, I, I did the, uh, the undercard before the bell with, with our guy, Justin Shackle. And I was out there in LA and, Listen, I'm I'm a big fan of Pacheco. I've been saying he's he's been my favorite prospect for a long time. He is out of con- prospect status. He is now a contender. Definitely. Um, with a, with a win over a guy like Quiseros, who's been in with top guys. Mm-hmm. You know, he's super super tough. He gave Berlanga hell, dropped him. Um, he, he you gave, see Berlanga's uh, tweet. Uh, I didn't know what he said. He's like, man, I wish because he would have fought me like this. He's you know Quiseros coming forward. He's like, he didn't. If he would have fought me like this, I would have dropped him in 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 two rounds. Not like, hey, I want oh, Pacheco. Oh. Well, this is this is boxing, man. You're not going to fight. Your opponents don't fight you the way that you want them to. They, they figure out what works. And when you got a guy like Pacheco, how are you not going to go forward? He's six foot four. He's a monster. Yeah. You got to go forward and get and get him. And, and Cuceros, he did push him. He did what we wanted him to. He, he got Pacheco late. And then Pacheco, who's in against the best guy in his record up to this date, 
scores a highlight reel knockout. I I, I, I tweeted a uh, a video of a of a, a Shuriken uppercut from <laughs> uh from Street Fighter because that's that's what that uppercut looked like. It was a it nice like it was a nice shot. It looked highlight reel knockout with a with a really really good guy, a really tough guy, a very durable guy, a, a solid gatekeeper. That was very impressive, especially considering the guys that he's been in with and, and been able to deal with. So very, very impressive. I think he needs more time. He's only 22 years old, but um, I think he's going to be a major, major force in the super middleweight division. Yeah. 22 years old, uh, future of 168. If he stays there, um, you know, Benavidez is only 25, 26. He's a name. Canelo's I think too far away for, Checo. Berlanga would be an awesome fight. Eddie Hearn was talking about that afterwards. I mean, that would make the most sense. Berlanga versus Pacheco. Pacheco wants that bad. He's of course he does. He can win. Yeah. I think I, like everyone's yeah. tweeting like, oh, Pacheco's better than, than Berlanga. Like, that's not a hot take. That's fact. Like, he's just a better fighter than Berlanga. Like, that's just, I think that's just a fact at this point. I mean, Pacheco is the real deal. And I think um, Matchroom's doing a really good job moving him along. And it was a good crowd, right? In LA? It was. It was, it was a very decent crowd. Um, the Pacheco fans, they got there early, man. When I showed up for the, the before the bell, Pacheco fans are outside with their hoodies on at the taco trucks already. They were ready. They were oh, ready for that. a good time. Love that. Uh, so that was this past weekend. Now we can head into our fight previews. We'll start with Chantel Cameron. She's fighting Katie Taylor. This is a rematch. This is Saturday around 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's coming to you from Belfast, Ireland. And this is a role reversal. Katie Taylor is now the plus 145 uh, underdog here. She was the favorite in the last one. I made a lot of money on that one. I don't see this fight playing out any differently than the first one. I just think Cameron is too big. I think she's got too too uh, good of a jab. And I think that Taylor has just kind of been in too many wars. I respect the hell out of her for getting right back into the ring with the first person to defeat her as a pro. Cameron's just too big, too physical, especially at 140. I, I don't see this playing out any differently. How do you see it? I uh, I said on a, on a previous show or, or, or some other interview that I did, this reminds me of Alexis Arguello and Aaron Pryor. Ooh. Like, I think that Katie Taylor is just going one weight class too much, and she's fighting a very, very good champion. Uh, and, and Cameron gets better all the time. So I agree with you. I, I Actually, no, I, I, I can see this going differently. I think I think Cameron wins clearer. Um, I think it's stoppage? a really, really, and I'm a, I'm a huge Katie Taylor fan. I don't see a stoppage. I'm a very, I'm a big Katie Taylor fan. If Manis Serrano couldn't stop Katie when she was as hurt as she was, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think we're seeing Katie get stopped, yeah. but, um, you know, she, I'm a huge Katie Taylor family preface that, but I just, I just think it's a weight class too far against a really good champion. Who's going to turn out to be excellent for, for a long time. Um, and it's tough coming right back and she's not young, man. It's she's just not, it's a lot, there's, there's, there's just too many too many factors that go against Katie Taylor in the rematch. Yeah, she's 35. Taylor, um, not fighting in her and, and of a long career too. Long like career, long, amateur long career. career. I mean, her last yep. six seven fights have all been this kind of cookie cutter where it's just like trading shots, going down to the wire. You know, well, no because she easy fights, fights. She's been fighting top females in every weight class. Right. They're all good. Every every one of her opponents. If you look at her record, all of her opponents are good. Yeah, damn right. You're damn right. She's, I mean, there's a ton of respect for Taylor. I mean, like, oh, yeah. this is what it's all about. Like, she's one of the most respected fighters in, in boxing today. Just to hop right back in there at 140 against Cameron, a fight that no one was really asking for you to get in there in, to begin with. Uh, maybe that's just because there wasn't a lot of opponents out there. But there is an opponent out there for Katie Taylor. We're just, I feel like we're getting so much further and further away from the Serrano rematch i i'm honestly don't know if it's ever going to happen obviously i do some work with mvp and they're questioning or they're puzzled as to why you know uh katie would take a cameron fight or why the you know, yeah, rematch on top of it i know serrano would still welcome us a, a katie taylor fight uh rematch i just i do think it will happen but i don't want it to happen under the you know with with taylor you know damaged goods or or, or losing uh, coming off of a loss. I, I, I just think we're getting further and further away from a Serrano-Taylor rematch. Unfortunately, Dan, I think we're already there. I think that by the time they step in the ring, whenever they do, whether they step in tomorrow or, or in two years, I don't think either one of them are, are, are what they were. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be better than the first fight. Hopefully, they're both degraded to the same level, so we still get a good fight. But I just don't see them either one of them being at their top anymore. I think they're both over over their best. Um, but yeah, no, I. I, I I, I, and like you said, you're, we're getting further further away from that fight, especially when when it's going to be when it would be glitzy. 
Uh, now, if you come off with two, if you have two losses, especially if they're back to back, then she's go back down 135. You know, Serrano's been struggling lately. She's going the distance now more and more. Yeah, so six fights uh, in a row, seven fights in a row. Yeah. They're both like they're both on the, the other side of the mountain, but they're still damn good. Like mm-hmm. I'd love to see it. I still think it would be a good fight because of what you said. Like their they, they would their defense is kind of eroded a little bit. It would be a fun a fan friendly fight. But yeah, you're right. We're getting to the point where it could maybe it is it is kaput and yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a Floyd Pacquiao situation. They're both like it's not it's not gonna be the it's not gonna be what we want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's over on DAZN in the afternoon. I will tune in for that because I, I enjoy Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron. Um. So that's that. All right. Showtime, pay-per-view, big one, um, huge card from top to bottom. You got, um, where is it here? Uh, you got Jamal Charlo, Jamal Charlo, remember him, fighting Jose Benavidez. This is at 162, three-pound catch weight, no WBC title on the line. Subriel Matias, IBF, 140-pound champion. His belt's on the line against Shoah John Ergachev. And also, you got Hector Luis Garcia, his 130-pound title on the line against Lamont Roach. This is an awesome card. I don't know where you want to start. I guess we could start with Hector Luis Garcia, Lamont Roach. Uh, Garcia hasn't fought uh, since that loss to Tank. Davis. Yeah, Davis. Yep. I'm happy he's back. 130 has got a bunch of names in there. I expect Garcia to win. Lamont Roach is tricky, though. Yeah, no, so... I'm big on Hector Luis Garcia. I think he's really good, especially now back up, down at 130, right? He fought Davis at 35. He doesn't belong there. Um, back down at 130, defending his title um, against Lamont Roach, who is a solid guy. Been around for a long time. I called the fight when he when he lost to Jamel Herring. Um, Jamel pretty much outboxed him throughout, but he got rocked mm. bad in the last <clears> round. Um, so Lamont Roach, Lamont Roach, uh, solid guy, tough fighter. I mean, he could win this fight, but I, I would I would lean towards Garcia. I mean, depends how what happened to him after the Davis fight in terms of getting paid, in terms of how he feels mentally and psychologically. He like went blind. Uh, Remember, he like couldn't see for a round or something. Well, that too. If he's physically and physiologically in the right place and psychologically in the right place, then I, I Garcia should should win this fight. Well, he's only a minus two eighty five favorite. It's a pretty. Like, that's what you want to see in title fights. Uh, somewhat close. We've seen such wide odds in boxing uh, lately. So that one's minus two eighty five. And then you got this Jamal Charlo Jose Benavides fight. I'm trying to pull up the odds on that. Do they even have odds? Yes, they the do. The fight nobody cared about until they started talking back and forth at each other. Now everyone's excited. Minus nine hundred. <laughs> Charlo, favorite over Benavidez, uh, the brother of David Benavidez, who is on a series of, of losses, not a big puncher anymore. Uh, Charlo just hasn't, he's just an X factor. I mean, he's just a uh, question mark, I should say. He hasn't been in the ring in almost two and a half, three years now. I'm happy to see him back in there. I don't know if, his, if he'll ever go back to 160. I think he'll go up to 168 and fight Plant after this. But I do, I think there'll be a curiosity factor of what Charlo looks like. Yeah, I think aside from Charlo having a complete mental breakdown in the ring, I don't see how Benavidez can win this fight. You mentioned X Factor. The X Factor is Charlo's right hand. That guy can punch, and that doesn't go away. But again, he's been through a lot, and he's been out of the ring for a long time. It, 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 I wonder if he's healthy, you know, mentally to to, to and fit to fight because that's always in question. That's always going to be that's always going to be in question until he gets back in there. So, um, but Benavidez, you know, obviously he's training alongside his brother. They've been sparring a ton, so he's got sparring with a big guy who can punch. So in terms of preparation, I would imagine Benavides is going to be probably in the best shape of his life. Just the weight class, man. Weight yeah. class, you know, he he was a he was a top forty seven pounder. He fought he fought Crawford at forty seven. He lost to Danny Garcia at fifty four after being out of the ring for how many years? Yeah. And now he's going up to sixty three. Weird. That's just weird. It's a very weird, weird fight. Um, but I'm going to be tuning in out of curiosity. And then Subrio Matias, the the good old good ex, fight. the good old. Um, Boogeyman at 140, a title holder at IBF, and no one wants to mention his name, against Shoah John Ergachev, Matias, a minus 425 favorite. He's one of the biggest punchers in boxing, has a 100% knockout rate. Uh, he has one loss, but then he avenged it with a knockout. This dude is uh, brutal. He's brutality inside of the ring. I don't know if he gets a, a champ at 140 because he doesn't really bring a lot to the table in terms of marketability, but I'll, I'll tune in and I'll always watch Super Matias fight. I think what is he? He's 32, 31, 32, something like that. Around there. He'll, he'll get one of those he'll get one of those shots as he ages out, out <laughs> of being super. He does super have dangerous. a belt. He has something attached to him, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, he couldn't get one of those fights. I mean, this this is a tough fight. Ergashev is, is good. Ergashev has a big amateur background. He can punch as well. He just hasn't been in anywhere near this caliber of fight and fighter before. So it's really going to depend on how he how he how he goes out there. If he goes out there and just and just tries to bang, he's got a shot because he can punch and because Matias does get hit. He, is, he has a pretty porous defense. But if he goes out there and boxes and sets things up and and uses his 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 skills alongside that power, you know, he, he's got a shot. But I would say, I mean, Matias, he, like you said, he is brutality from the opening bell, and he's coming to hurt you. And he's got heavy hands, both hands, and he doesn't mind getting hit. So we, it opens up a lot of opportunities for him offensively. And our main event, uh, one of the ones that I've had circled for a while now, actually, I think it's to be a very close fight. A lot of people don't agree with me. Let's get your thoughts, Chris. David Benavidez, number one contender for the WBC 168 title, which is held by Canelo Alvarez versus Demetrius Andrade, two division world champ, moving up to 168 or has been at 168. Biggest fight for Andrade, a uh, huge fight for, for Benavidez. I love this fight. There's a lot of questions heading into it. Will the winner finally get Canelo? Has Benavidez turned a corner now? Is he just like simply elite? Is this the best opponent for each guy? I am super excited about this fight. Definitely the best fight we have left in the year. And we still have some good fights left in the year. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm so happy for Bubu to get this shot. It's the biggest fight of his career uh, against the toughest opponent in his career. So I would say that this is definitely the toughest guy that he's fought. Um, and I can say the same thing for Benavides. This is the his his toughest out so far. You think so? Caleb Plant, yeah, I do. Caleb Plant, very, very good, obviously. Excellent, excellent fighter. Um, and, you know, Benavides handled him well, impressively. Bubu is a two division undefeated world champion. We, I think we're forgetting that because he's not busy and hasn't he hasn't fought the who's who's of guys. And and, and, then, and I will shot. say this, Chris: two division world champion. Both of those titles came uh, vacant titles. He still fought and won them in the ring, but they came from yes. vacant vacancies. Which you know how I I hate that because I want you to be champions. Um, but listen, the guy knows how to win, and he doesn't lose a lot of rounds in general in, in his career. Uh, he's very physical. He's got a he's got good power. Not a not a knockout guy because he hurts everybody early and then kind of goes into into boxer mode. Um, the the issue I have with this is that it's his third weight class. He's fighting in the highest weight class of his career against the best guy that he's ever fought, and the guy's over ten years younger than him. Yeah. A lot of knocks against against Boo Boo um, in terms of this, but Boo Boo is such a slippery guy, such a slick guy, such a dangerous guy that he's got a shot. And like you said, I think this is going to be a very competitive fight. And whether the the issue is how the fight starts and how the fight ends, right? I think how the fight starts is going to tell us what the fight is going to look like. How the fight ends is going to tell us who's, well, who's yeah. going to win, right? Because Boo Boo, very fast starter usually. Like I said, hurts guys early and then goes into boxer mode after that. Tends to fall apart a little bit late as he loses concentration and maybe maybe gets fatigued. Uh, and Benavides is the opposite. Very slow starter. Slow finds starter. his timing, finds Deliberate. his rhythm, gets his jab going, and just builds, 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 and to, literally comes to a, a final crescendo of just nonstop punching. So the way they match up makes the fight even that much more interesting. It's like how successful can Boo Boo be early? And how much pressure... And how much is that going to wear on the older 35-year-old uh, yeah. Bubu Andrade? Yeah, that's what so it comes. That's what it comes of, down to. That's what it comes down to. And I think you know, uh, a lot of a lot of my colleagues and pros are saying that they're expecting a late-round stoppage for Benavides. Um, I that's think that I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna see a decision, and I think it's going to be competitive, maybe even a little controversial. Well, I think it's definitely gonna be of, controversial. I think 115. This is like a 115, 113. Type of fight yeah. where if it does go the distance, everybody's gonna be mad. You're gonna have people upset, like man, Andrade. He Boo -boo, straight Boo -boo up did that. Yeah, he deserved that. Yeah, he exposed Benavides because he simply didn't get knocked out. And Benavides is gonna have issues with Andrade because he's very tricky and he's he's world class. He is very very good, very hard to hit. The only my main thing is is Andrade being 35 years old and him winning this fight is dependent on legs. It's dependent on movement in there. He could do it for four rounds. He could do it for five rounds. Do it for six rounds. Seen this happen with Plant. But can he keep Benavides off of him for twelve rounds while having offense of his own? Not a big puncher, like you said. Uh, not a huge offensive guy. He's known as a defensive uh, wizard. So that's the main thing. Is can Andre do that? He has not a lot of miles at, for thirty-five years old. He's coming off a three hundred and twenty-two day layoff. It's only his second fight since November of 2021. Uh, I know Father Time waits for no one. That's a big, big storyline. And a big question in this fight is, can Andrade do that physically? Uh, move it, move in there for 12 rounds with Benavidez is stalking, cutting off the ring, applying pressure 
with punches because he throws the most, he lands the most, he's the most accurate puncher in boxing. I, I love the stylistic of it. I love this this the styles make fights, and this is like the ultimate um, showcase of that. But look at at Andrade uh, in terms of defense. He ranks number two in all of boxing. Punches taken per round, 5.4. He ranks third in opponent's connect percentage, 23.1. Uh, defensive wizard, but this is the first time in his career he's fighting another championship caliber fighter. That's, I think he's, he's knocked down everybody he's fought, right? Does he, has he scored a knockdown against everybody? I, 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 I feel like I've read that. Somewhere. I don't know that for sure, but I feel like his last, I would say five to seven fights have all been carbon copies. Knocks the and guy down dropped, early. He dropped the guy down like three times and then th- cruises to a decision. Right, the Quigley one was the only one where he just had him out. But I just think yeah, Quigley's yeah. absolutely d- like done. I just don't I actually know. think that's that's his best chance in this fight is if he's able to catch uh, Benavides and hurt him. Because, listen, that's very possible. He hurts everybody, especially early on. And But if he's able to close the door on that, uh, I, th- I think, <laughs> listen, it could happen. That's yeah. how crazy boxing is. Benavides, beast, monster. That's what they call yeah. him. Angling for that Canelo fight. I think he wins this fight. I think Canelo's completely in a corner. I think there's no more. This is He's doing. He's fought Plant and beat him. He's been the uh, mandatory for Canelo for like two to three years now. Now he beats another championship caliber fighter. Uh, come on. Uh, Canelo has no chance, and it's going to be hard for Canelo, Mr. I'll fight everyone, to not I'm going want- to disagree. I'm going to disagree with you. Keep going. How? <laughs> if the fight turns out the way that you said it would be, a controversial, tough Whatever. He gets fight. his hand raised. He's, Canelo's the fight. Canelo's gonna go. No, see. you struggled. You struggled with that guy. Yeah, I'm telling you, Canelo will be Canelo like, you struggled with that. Canelo already, already totally shit on Boo Boo on Andre when he when he came to his press conference that time. Yeah. Said, "Who are you? You can't Get fight. The whatever. Fuck out of here, man." Yeah. If Benavides struggles with him, Canelo's gonna go. You struggled with that guy. You don't deserve a shot. That's, Watch. That's a bad look <laughs> for Canelo. That's a bad look. That's if it, bad listen, look. if he does not fight Benavides next, bad luck. No matter what. I do think he'll fight him. I just don't know if it's next. I, I've I've kind of subscribed to the theory where Canelo is on his first fight of the PBC deal. It would make more sense for him to fight him in the third one. That'll be September, Mexican Independence Day. I don't care at this point. Just if it's in May or September, I, I don't know who Canelo would fight next. Um, if it, if it's not Benavides, I expect Benavides to win this fight. Um, you're looking at a guy who's top ten in connect percentage, number one. 37.6. He's top 10 in connects per round, 23.8. Top 10 in jab accuracy. He's landing 26% yeah, of his jabs. And how about this? Something he's worked on a lot in his career, Chris, is his defense. He ranks number four in all of boxing in opponent connect percentage, only 24%. And this guy has fought uh, some good names on his resume, especially as of late. The defense is something that he's really worked on. I know when I've interviewed him before, um, he doesn't get credit for that. He's rounding into like a, a, a damn good fighter. Like he's on the precipice of superstardom. I don't expect this. If he wins this fight, I don't expect this win to get him into superstardom. But I do think it, it helps the, the cause to get Canelo. I just think Benavidez is rounding into just a great all-around fighter. A win here is a, is a huge feather in the cap. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to launch him into superstardom. It's going to take the Canelo fight for that. Um, but I think he's going to be able to get on his high horse if he does win the fight and just call out Canelo from just nonstop. And I think it's funny how both guys are like, ah, it doesn't worry. It doesn't worry about. We're not worried about Canelo. We're worried about us. We're worried yeah, about right, each other. Right, we're going to fight right, each right, other. Right, 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 Which, yeah, that, that that's 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 posturing. You you are worried about Canelo. Everybody's worried about Canelo. Everybody wants to fight Canelo because the, the money's there. And Benavides is a very good job, chance of beating Canelo. Actually, I mean, so does Boo. But um, no. Benavides is. I mean, I think he is very special, and he's going to be a guy around for a very long time. So, um, yeah, I, I think a win here. You just you get on that campaign. You need to make that Canelo fight happen. Call him a coward for not fighting you. I, I mean, I don't. You got You got to get nasty at a point. He's a really nice guy, Benavides. We we, we had him on Pro Box uh, last week, and but man, sometimes you gotta you gotta call him out. Got to make it happen. Yeah, I think this is this is it. If he comes out on top, he he has no choice. It's just the fight that every fan wants. It's the fight that uh, Benavides has wanted for years, and and that's. The fight to make in, in boxing, the top three fight in, in the entire sport. It's going to be tough. I feel though. like you and I have been talking about it for years. Right? <laughs> it hasn't been that long, but I feel like I feel like it has. It's because it's Canelo, and it's a it's a, a big one. It's it's the biggest yeah. one you can make right now. I like this stat too. Benavides has outlanded his opponents in forty six of his last forty eight rounds, and Andrade has only been outlanded three times in his last one hundred and five rounds. 
Dude, you're this is such a dork's dream for numbers. Something's got to give right there. <laughs> Something's got to give. You got a guy who's outlanding all his opponents and you have a, his opponent hasn't been out has barely been outlanded. What's going to give? Is it going to be what's going to give, Chris? Is it going to be Andrade swerving out of the way, not getting hit, or is it going to be Benavidez more dominant? You have the master of of accuracy, and you yeah. have the master of defense fight, uh, uh, fighting each other. It's, we got two masters in the ring together. Who who's going to be successful? One fifteen, one thirteen. Type mm. of fight. Mm. Timelines are going to be going wild. Everyone's going to be going at each other. I'm so jacked for this weekend. Who do you think's going to so win? Jacked. What's your pick? Um. A safe bet would be Benavidez. You know, he's the guy who's supposed to win. He's the young guy. All those factors I said. But Boo Boo is my guy, man. I love Boo Boo. It's my guy. Plus two seventy five. Can't go against my guy. I might throw. I might throw some money on Boo Boo. Wow, Demetrius, you're going with friends over sound picks, right? Over, over, over reason. I might <laughs> take the over. The over ten and a half is minus one sixty, and I might parlay that with a. That's a good one. Chantel Cameron stoppage. You can, I think if you put Whoa. those together, you get a plus 150. Over yeah, 10 and a half rounds of Benavidez Andrade. We think it's going to go to decision, right? I do, yeah. And then Cameron should win over Taylor. So that's some picks right there. Benavidez mm-hmm. Andrade. Big fight. Big card over on Showtime. Um, should be a good one. Benavidez gets his hand raised. Immediate callouts of Canelo. Andrade gets his hand raised. Immediate callouts of Canelo. Maybe a rematch, all that good stuff. Thanksgiving weekend. I'm asking everyone at the office, Chris, um, who are you writing to your ops giving? My what? <laughs> ops. What is that? Your opposition. What is ops? Your main enemy. Who's, who's your biggest enemy? Who are you inviting? Ops my, giving. Um, my biggest opponent. Probably my, my, my accountant. Okay. <laughs> Come on over. Come on over. You call your accountant. Come on over. And he just shows up and you just no. have the fucking knife. <laughs> no, I actually love my account. He's great. Um, I don't know who my biggest ops are. It's my family, I think. Mm. I'm going to see them anyway. Everyone's going to be. You're coming to New York? No, no, I'm actually staying down here. Oh, that's beautiful. I thought maybe the ops for you would be like the cabinet guy for the new house. Ooh. Oh, my, my contractor? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who mine would no. be. I Mine used to be Leonard Ellerby, but we're cool now. Mm. We've buried the hatchet. Um, Maybe Shakur. I like Shakur. He's tweeting at me. No, we like Shakur. I Shakur's really had, a fan I had a lot he, of enemies. A, he's a friend of the show. I love Shakur. I hope he's logged off and Sh- he can. Shakur's got a lot of people coming to his ops giving though. Yeah, Shakur's ops giving is too. Oof, yeah. Fill up the Oof. freaking Prudential it's a, it's a arena banquet. Yeah, ops giving. I don't know who's everyone's ops giving. Who are they inviting out there? I had a lot of haters. I'm trying to get myself away from haters. I'm trying to be friends with everyone now. We gotta get you some hater blockers. That's what we need. The hater shades? Hater shades. They All right. Hope everyone enjoys their Thanksgiving. Hope everyone can listen to this uh, to and fro where they're going. Now everyone's traveling out there. Be safe. Keep your hands up at all times. Protect yourselves at all times. Stay out of those DMs. We're out. <laughs>